1: okay hello everyone and welcome to the show so today we have with us esther Avant of ea coaching an online weight loss coach personal trainer sports nutritionist and work with clients since 2006 and provides an all-encompassing coaching for working mums that includes learning and mastering exercise and nutrition esther welcome to the show
2: thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to be here
1: Nice. Um, Can you just expand a bit more on on that and tell me a bit more about, you know, the kind of clients that you love working with and where you are in your business right now?
2: Yeah. So our ideal client is a busy, which I know kind of encompasses everyone, um, typically working mom, mid thirties to mid fifties, who just generally over the course of the last five, 10, 15, 20 years has Found that her own needs, her own health has kind of ended up on the back burner through prioritizing her career, having a family, being a mom, basically being everything to everyone and thriving in all of those areas. But eventually, coming to realize that it has taken a toll. And that toll is feeling uncomfortable in their bodies, not recognizing who they see in the mirror, being achy, out of shape low energy and kind of reaching this turning point of something needs to change. I need to move back up on the list. I can't keep going about it this way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our clients come to us with weight loss goals first and foremost, but what we know from doing this for almost 20 years is that yes, the exercise and nutrition are very important, but everything is so intertwined that the weight loss programs that take just an exercise or just nutrition approach Are really falling short as indicated by the fact that most people regain the weight. So what we do is focus on a few different pillars, what you touched on initially learning and mastering the exercise and nutrition, big rocks, which is Mm -hmm. a handful of key habits and behaviors that generate most of the results. So you can stop trying to do everything and just focus on what actually matters. Then we focus on comprehensive support that includes not just a team of professionals, but also peers so that the new focus, this new emphasis you're putting on your health can make you sort of a black sheep or an outcast in your day-to-day life because so Mm -hmm. few people around you may be doing the same thing. So to be surrounded with actual support and guidance and feel empowered to make these changes and like you're not alone is really important. And then lastly, learning to master the skill of taking compassionate ownership of your process. So not being hard on yourself and blaming yourself for everything, but also taking responsibility for what can I control here? Where I am I right now and what can I do to step into this person that I want to be. So initially I was a one-woman show doing all the things and about two and a half years ago, I had grown the business to the point where I brought on my first co-coach. And since then we've grown to a team of about five to seven, um, Mm -hmm. all part-time, all contractors, all working either directly with clients one-on-one or providing a specialty service like our registered dietitian, our mindset coach. Um, and at this point at this point, my role is less the day-to-day coaching and more kind of the operations and the ceo of okay what's the vision for the company how mm. do i make sure that our um our coaches are bought in what do i need to do to continue to grow and attract the type of women we want to work with etc
1: nice hey that's that's an awesome introduction to exactly yeah, you kind of journey so far so i want to touch upon the roles that you have so what was it what was it like when you first um let's talk about first hurdle taking on more coaches going from the you know the one woman show wearing every single hat in your business to the only way I can expand the only way I can grow and help more people and earn more revenue is to bring more people in what was that transition and and hurdle like
2: it's so interesting that's the the delegation and the management and the growth that's still i'd say my my biggest current challenge but i laugh because i can picture exactly where I was when I kind of had the realization of who I needed and, Mm -hmm. and how to kind of make that first hire. And we're a military family. We're currently living overseas. So we were in an airport, I mean, not not an airport, in a hotel a couple of days uh, before flying from Washington DC to Germany. And I had been really agonizing over with this time change, I'm going to You know, be doing calls in the middle of the night. I cannot live Mm. the next few years working from midnight to 5 a.m. and then waking up and being a mom and like being you know a a person. And I it suddenly dawned on me that I knew the perfect person. I had a good friend who already you know was certified, walked the walk. I knew Mm. I could have a really honest conversation with and say, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't really know what I expect of you, but I will do my best to communicate with you and listen to
1: you. Just going to stop you there. That, that, what you just said there, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm asking for help. How many of us can't do that? That is so vulnerable and so beautiful. I, and the parallel that I'm seeing between your clients, the mums, the careers, the family, the partner wearing all these hats and they've let themselves, their identity go. You were in this kind of the same places of business owner wearing all the hats. And just the way you said that, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? Is you can feel that. You can feel that shift.
2: It is. It's hard to be vulnerable. And I can really empathize with our clients when, you know, I know just booking a call with us, just admitting to a stranger that I need help is really hard to do. So I do Mm. feel like I was fortunate in the sense that she was already a very good friend of mine. So it was a little bit easier. Um, And because we already had this relationship, it has been very smooth sailing of kind of us learning together and me saying like, this is something I didn't anticipate, you know, needing you for this, but it would be really helpful. How do you feel? She's stretched out of her comfort zone. It's really been amazing. And I think that's what kind of gave me the, the confidence once I saw how helpful it was and what an asset she was, it was then easier to kind of make the next, um, the next edition and things like that. Um, but I think, oh. okay. Okay
1: how hard was it to actually let go of some of the responsibility after you've built the business to where you've got it
2: so hard it's still hard there at this point i do we have kind of a core team and with a lot of the responsibilities i've delegated i really feel like the people doing them now do them better than i could so that's learning to think in those terms has helped a lot of this is actually an asset to the business and to our clients for someone besides me to be doing it. Um, but it's hard to let go. And I do notice my progress in that way is that initially I wanted to have my hand in everything kind of oversee, but like, no, 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 this is how it's done. or this is, And it has been a process to just kind of let go and say, okay, as long as we have the same vision and we want the same outcome. We both want to, Mm -hmm. or we all want to support our clients in the best possible way. We all want to, you know, have full rosters. We want to grow as a business. So if someone else's approach to that same end goal is slightly different than mine, it doesn't make it bad. In fact, Mm -hmm. I can learn a lot from other people's, um, you know, differences.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing you said there is when you were going through that and being able to sort of let go, can you think back and remember, because this might help other people listening there and thinking, I'm doing that right now. Were there, was there an occasion or a situation where you were getting in your own way, you were trying to continue to maybe do too much or assert yourself, to whether, this is how you do it, this is how I do it, because maybe ego, maybe just habits, whatever it was, but you didn't know and you realized, I'm getting in my own way, I need to let go.
2: Yeah. Something comes to mind immediately, which is when, so initially I had, I did all the coaching calls and then the whole point of bringing on co-coaches is they start doing the coaching calls, but initially, and you know, the reason for doing that was to free up my time. Initially I would then listen to the replay of every single call and then provide this really thorough feedback of like, well, here, I would have said this and you know, you could have done that. And to an extent that kind of feedback is useful, um, Mm -hmm. to, to grow as a coach, but also totally unnecessary and i think probably also made the coaches feel a little bit insecure of like well does she not trust me does she not think i know what i'm doing what mm. she's saying you know might be useful but also it might also just be different but not any better um so i think i i had to learn to let go and realize like are the clients happy are they getting results <laughs> are are the coaches happy okay then then leave well enough alone and now i don't even go down that rabbit hole anymore because like why I have a team that I trust and that's not the best use of my time.
1: That again, that parallel that I'm picking up here of, um, you know, you getting in, in the way of your clients, maybe that made things take a bit longer than they could have done. If you were able to let go, hindsight's a great thing. We know that You, you coach this. So that forgiveness to know that if you were able to not give so much, then your business would have grown even quicker. The parallel between your clients, um, yeah, you know, and the forgiveness of you know they had to put on all these hats as you know they grew their family, um, but that that you know forgiveness of this has happened. If only you know that hindsight is, is a huge thing. So now you're able to use that hindsight for for good, right?
2: Exactly. That's what we call compassionate ownership. Is like having that realization, giving yourself the empathy of okay, I did what I thought was best at the time or what I needed to do. Now that I have this clarity in hindsight how do I want to go about things differently? Maybe I did need to do all of these things before, but do I still? Are my kids more independent now? And I don't need to be as involved as I was. And part of it, just like with the business, part of it is, like you said, learning to let go of it was necessary before and it's not now. So let, let's stop.
1: Nice. Um, <clears throat> hey, thank you for being so vulnerable about this. It's, it's a tough thing to actually you know, talk through and say. So I know you, you actually coached this vulnerability and been able to be authentic, which is beautiful. It's still sometimes hard for us to do it ourselves, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I think we talk about this a lot in our programs is it? it just does everybody a disservice to put on this facade that everything is easy and fun and It's just not. And I think it's so important to be transparent and to recognize that we all struggle. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing that, you know, this is just what it's like. So I think it's so comforting. I know that when I look to business owners who own larger, you know, more successful businesses, it's comforting to have an idea of what to expect and to know that these same challenges are going to continue to manifest maybe slightly differently, but that it's just part of growth and challenging yourself. And that there's, there's never going to be a time where it's just totally effortless. Or if there is, it's because you're not growing and challenging yourself anymore.
1: Hmm. Beautifully put, beautifully put. It's, it's that journey that we're all on and it's going to have more challenges and we're going to level up. And then they're going to show up maybe the same challenges in in a different way. I keep saying it so much. The same challenge will pop in with like a fake mustache and fake glasses on. I'm like, no, no, I'm not the same thing. Honestly, it's like, yeah, you you actually are. You're just level 10, level 20 rather than the same thing. Um, That's
2: such a great visual. That's so true. Yeah. And I um, think, you know, something I know I've used against myself is feeling like I shouldn't be struggling with this anymore. I should have figured it out already. And I think that's probably what a lot of us do is we think. Well, once I reach this milestone or my business Mm. has grown to this amount, or I've been in business this long that I shouldn't have these challenges anymore. Or if I am facing the same one for the third time, that that's a problem. And it's like, well, that's just, that's just what it's like.
1: So you, you should all over yourself. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Lovely. And let's just fast forward to today because that's amazing to hear about that hurdle, that period of your time where you were able to let go and were able to grow. So now you have this team. You've It's almost like fast forward to a team of, what do you say, a five and seven um, crumbs. You're traveling the world and being able to maintain this this business. So what's changed for you as the business owner now? What, what kind of role do you play?
2: So my role, I I really want to continue to be involved in our community and with our clients because I love that. And I know that we're making a difference and I I still want to enjoy that aspect of the business, Mm -hmm. but largely I'm learning to think a lot larger. And where do I personally and where do I want the business to be in three to five years? And what Mm -hmm. do I need to start putting in place now to make that a reality? So one of my goals for this year is to write a book which has brought up a whole bunch of insecurities and thoughts that i kind of thought that i had gotten over yeah. um so largely my role is in you know continuing to do marketing sales grow the business really clarify the vision um and also make sure that as the ceo i'm doing the best that I can to convey that to our team mm-hmm. and making sure that we have the right people in the right positions who want to grow with us in those ways.
1: So you got a, you got a big year ahead. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was, I was,
2: I was swallowing what I really wanted to say, which is like, well, we'll see, or I'd like to, and kind of that like non-committal, but that's something I'm working on is yes, I'm going to do this. It's important to me. I'm capable of it. I will learn what I need to. So yes.
1: Yeah. And again, you, you look back and say, but I've done this. I've overcome all these things. I've built this. So writing your book, which is fantastic. So many people want to write a book and don't know how to do it. It's not that damn hard. I've interviewed so many people who help with this situation with everything. Just taking those first steps is the best thing to do. But I think what you said earlier was beautiful that yeah, you, you want to write this book. But it brought up all these insecurities. It's like, ah, oh, these things, they they're sneaky. They just live there. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's they're still there, which is a little frustrating, you know, as someone who does value mindset work and and personal development and things like that. You want to have the the moments of like, oh, that's something I used to worry about and I don't anymore. But I think, like you said, they they just kind of they live there and a lot of the times they're dormant. And then mm-hmm. you put yourself in some sort of uncomfortable position and you're like, oh yep, there they are coming back to life. And then it's it's you know, my job to address them and you know, put them back to sleep until the next time I'm, I'm really stretching. Um, but I think it's, it's interesting to see what your brain offers you when you're doing something scary.
1: So what kind of thing does your brain offer you? What are the voices? What are your voices saying to you?
2: So one of the big ones is you don't have anything new to say. Uh-huh. I read a ton and I read a lot of the books that are similar to the book that I would like to write. Mm. Um, so part of me is like, well, you have these Ivy League professors who have done the literal research on this. They've written books. So what do you have to say? Um, So I guess largely the imposter syndrome of like, well, who are you? Who's going to read your book? What makes you think you have anything that hasn't already been said? Um, And then just sort of this gap between the way I think about authors and Mm -hmm. myself of like, that's just not me. That's not something I could do. Just kind of a general um you're you're getting out of your league. You're you're trying to play too big. And that's ah, not So something go, that... go
1: stay in your lane. Back it... to what you're exactly. What you're like at. you're
2: good at what you're doing now, but who do you think you are to think you could get into, you know, this other kind of arena?
1: Yeah. Um, I want to just share something that I, I spoke with um with a client recently about. And uh, I know just words are not the way to work through this it's just one part of it but you said you know i I have nothing new all these amazing more educated more xyz people are saying the same stuff and you know what the best thing to one aspect to look at is you know you're correct you're absolutely right there's nothing new you can say nothing new it's all been done before but it's never been done by you i think that's it's something to hold on to. If people listening can only take one thing away from this call, it's you know one thing. It's never done by you. Your experiences, your personality, your twang, your laughter, your humor. That's what makes it different. And that is what makes someone else read it, see it, hear it. And it'll just be completely digested in a different way. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I actually uh, am working with a book coach, and she says the exact same thing: that there are no new messages, just new messengers. And one of the exercises that I actually did today was looking at the three-star reviews of other books on Amazon. And the thing that I noted was literally every single one that I looked at said this book was repetitive. It didn't have anything new. It was basic. It, you know, I. Um, I've already read all this stuff in other books. And I was like, oh, okay. These are books that have been very successful. Tons of people have been helped by them. And still there's a subsect of people who are like, eh, not for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if that's going to be the case regardless, then why not me?
1: Yes. Why not? Because in that book, I'm sure there's going to be a one-star review. Probably the, the best book in the world with the most amazing in you know information and and action points and things you can do. There'll be someone saying, "Didn't work for me. Didn't try it. Don't like it. <laughs> they use too many words. There wasn't <laughs> yeah. enough. There were too. They can go either way, right? Exactly. So like, I think if you get that, I just cut the BS. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, people are going to love it and people are going to hate it. So might as well do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, love it. So how how far are you with, with your book? If you is it if you just started this journey? Are you I have just started.
2: So we were talking before we started recording that we just got back from um it's actually a multi-country trip, but uh I got back a few days ago and that was like okay, get your get yourself together, really start uh, diving into your 2023 goals. So um mm. I've got my my brand new journal that I'm doing all of my book related things in. Um, So very early stages, getting to the point where I kind of do the brain dump Mm -hmm. up till now, it's been kind of really thinking about what purpose do I want the book to serve? Who am I writing it for? Um, And making sure that I'm not just brain dumping what I want to write, but that I'm actually thinking about who's the person that is going to read this and what I want them to take away from it.
1: Yeah. Nice. Is it going to be more of an action-based book? Is it um, someone can actually take it, use it to improve their, their their fitness, their life, their relationships? What What is it all about?
2: Yeah, that's that's my goal. Is i I want to address kind of the the three pillars of our framework. So, yes, touching on the exercise, nutrition, because that's what everyone wants. But then really diving into something we were talking about earlier, which is like once you know the what to do which we can cover in like the first couple chapters. Then the rest of it is about why aren't you doing it or why isn't it working? So mm-hmm. that's where it gets into more of the mental work of, you know, I can lay out for you exactly how to do your workouts or tell you exactly what to eat. But if you're not doing it consistently, let's figure out why. And helping the reader see that peeling back those layers and getting a little bit deeper is really essential if you want to make lasting Mm. change. So kind of walking them through the framework and then, yes, having it be really actionable of, okay, if this is what you're noticing, this is what you need to do.
1: Fantastic. Oh, that sounds really exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. With with that, I mean, it's, it's scary. It's exciting. It's all the emotions as you start to put yourself even more on display. So, what else is is happening this year? Where else are you going to focus your, your time?
2: So my other big goal is, well, I have two, uh, one is to be a guest on 50 podcasts. And the main thing I'm noticing coming up there is feeling again, kind of imposter syndrome of feeling like, well, there are certain podcasts that I couldn't even consider being on. For you know, blank reason, I'm not good enough. All the all the same stuff. Um, so that was really an interesting realization. Is like some of my favorite podcasts. I'm thinking, oh, they're so cool to be on there. But you know, they only have these really successful. I'm like, okay, we'll have to we'll have to explore that a little bit.
1: Yes, um, put that aside. Let's talk to you later.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so that's one is um, just kind of getting more comfortable putting myself out there, speaking to new audiences and new people. Um, and then the second is to serve 240 new women in our program this year, which is a, a big jump from the number we've been able to serve in past years. But I think the more my confidence in myself, in our coaches, in our program grows, and the more I'm out there talking about what we do and how it's different, mm-hmm. that um, it's there's certainly no shortage of people who need our help. So it's really a matter of getting in front of them and making you know kind of the the argument for why it's worth trying again and why we're the ones to guide that process
1: yeah that's i think that's a key point understanding why we've all tried everything and then it doesn't work whether we read the wrong book or read the books but didn't do the things (laughs) listen to the podcast and it becomes information rather than entertainment rather than just you know actionable points Um, So with your three pillars, the exercise, doing the thing, the actual thing you need to do, that's what most people focus on. I mean, it's at this time of recording, we're like the third week into January, which means most people have failed their New Year's resolutions because probably went too big, too different, um, rather than build the habits. But your second and third pillar, the support, the network, the community, and then the skills and taking ownership. Now, that is where things start to change. And we starting to bleed into the work that we do here, which why I love the way you're multi-layering what you do. So, anyone out there who needs this help that has tried it, it hasn't worked. Find the reason why. And um, Esther, if you're the person that is the go-to, it's worth a conversation, right?
2: It is always worth a conversation. If it's uh, if it's not a good fit, so be it. You're going to learn something anyway. Even if that, even if the lesson is just it's not that hard to ask for help, that's mm. a good takeaway.
1: Yeah. I love that. Hey, you've, you've dropped so many nuggets in this, in our time together today. I've loved this conversation. I hope everyone out there has found it useful or even revealing and maybe slightly uncomfortable that, ah, uh, yeah, I feel that. Or I'm, I'm, you
2: can see my, my cheeks have gotten redder. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> but even saying I'm doing that right now, it's, it's a tough thing. So reach out for help to, to either of us, to your friends, to your support network, to anyone is one of the best things you can do to drop the pride and the ego and be like, yeah, I want to move forward. Everyone is trying to move forward in their own way. Just find the right resource or person that that actually can help you and not give up.
2: Yep. That's that's really the biggest thing is if you just don't give up, eventually you'll figure it out. It can be faster with help. But uh, number one thing is don't quit.
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. Right. If people want to find you and I'm sure they will, where can they track you down online?
2: So I'm primarily on Facebook and Instagram, my full name, uh, Esther.Avant on Instagram. You can search me. There's not a ton of us on Facebook. My website is just my full name. And I also have my own podcast called Live Diet Free. That's on all the platforms.
1: Nice. Everyone go check it out. And Esther, thank you so much for your time. It's It's been really cool.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey, you're welcome.